right, welcome to the first episode of Smokerside Chat at Wright's Barbecue. Glad to be here. Hakuna Matata. Absolutely. It's it what means, it looks like. It means no worries. That's right. What, is, what does no worries mean to you? It's a hard concept to get behind almost because if you're not worrying a little bit, then you might not have everything together. But for the rest of your days. That's right. It's a problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. That's right. What year was that? 1995, Truly. I think. Here I was born. What does it feel like to be the... Uh, same age? The same age as the Lion King. Uh, it feels age appropriate, I guess. <laughs> so how, how does it feel to be the only child owner of a barbecue restaurant? It's a solitary lifestyle. When you're, when you're one of one. Uh, only few children have gone where you've gone so far. Only a few children have drank them out of black coffee <laughs> and stoked the You were fires. talking about, so what's, where'd your love for coffee come from? Duck hunting as a kid. With lots of sugar, lots of creamer. You know, it was the whole uh, two parts creamer, uh, half part sugar, half part coffee. And then just over the years, and funny enough, I used to see my, my uncle, he's passed away now, but uh, I used to see him and my grandmother drink black coffee. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was just the nastiest thing ever. There's something magical about black coffee. Oh, there's something coffee. magical. I mean, I, now, so my uh, sophomore year in college is the last time I put any sweetener in coffee. And that was last year? Yeah. Well, year, year and a quarter. Give me a year and a quarter. But to be, to be real, it was actually, I guess, 2015. So here we are almost 10 years in. <laughs> I have not put, outside of the uh, vacation latte, I'm a, I'm a straight black coffee, pretty much straight bourbon. I do like an old fashioned very nice. well, but if it's good. What do good, you like most about an old fashioned? Well, I don't like it to be too sweet. I like balance. So there's a lot of things to like and not to like about it, really. Um, what I like in a good old fashioned, uh, the balance when it is, the little bit of zest of orange. Um, you like them to rub the orange around the glass? It's never the hurt. essence. Yeah, the essence. It's never. I like hurt. the essence of the orange more than the orange itself. Right, and it, even at home the other day, she took a little, uh, not cigarette lighter, but like candle lighter, and burnt the edge she of it, and the then yeah, a little burnt orange actually. Hmm. Travis, it wasn't Travis. Uh, I mean Travis. Emma, not Emma. It was the a lady that had just moved here six months ago from California. Moved here. Uh huh. Well, moved to uh, Fort Worth. Yeah. Ah, yeah, different, different than here. So we're now in Arkansas. Right. So Blake's it's a little different. confused. It's different. On it's this different. evening, due to his stint in Texas. So tell me about Texas. How? What'd you do? Uh, ate barbecue, drank bourbon, ate some pizza, ate some ate some subpar pizza, ate some. Right. Rattle off, class. rattle off all the barbecue joints you hit up this week. How many days were you there? Uh, four and a half. Okay. How many barbecue meals did you eat? five that's not that's not terrible right i used to so you go diversified a little bit oh for sure it's barbecue for lunch and then uh pizza sushi mexican uh ramen you know some real good ramen tatsuya in austin so i've all I, whenever i first started going i guess eight years ago this week it was barbecue 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 and i figured out like okay two days into this i'm not having fun anymore <laughs> so i started mixing in side dishes and Add some non and some, some, some pickles <laughs> and some onions and such. And then eating sushi and stuff of the like at nighttime. 
And I realized, okay, I can do this. One meal, one barbecue meal a day, I can do that five do that. or six days in a row. We do that every day right. here. Right. So, How many days a week do you eat barbecue at your restaurant? Not as often as I should. You eat every day? No. Like snack? Nope. You don't snack every day? Not barbecue. Can't, can uh, you? T- I can tell. Well, like, I snack I'm daily. Ma- I made up. You saw me eat gumbo tonight, baby. You did. You You stepped into it. But... You can tell when you look at, like me, that I come in and I eat. Right. And I make sure I eat. So. You would, one wouldn't know it, but. You are. You are I'm on reducing. The, you're, on the right, you're on the right thing with, I do need you to be better about it. But you, you have to admit that whenever you're around as much as we are, looking, feeling, smelling, all the, all the yeah, other stuff. You got to eat it. I mean, you got no, you 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 to right. take that bite, even if you spit it out in like the old taste tester ways. Like Lime when I was tasting. at Tyson, well, when I was well, when I was Tyson, uh, we did our R and D department, and we would cut all these pizza toppings, and so we'd make you know six pizzas with six different versions of the same sausage, huh. just with different protein ratio, fat ratio, uh, different amounts of soy protein to pork and fat and beef and et cetera, wow. turkey, and then you'd go eat them all, and you'd have to give your feedback, and you'd be sitting there, you know, looking at a Domino's topping. And be like, okay, is this better? Is it worse? Is it drier? Is it more moist? Does it fit their, you know, specs? And so you have to eat like eight pieces of pizza or eight bites. Right. For me, it was eight pieces. But you That's learn, nice. you learn like, hey, the, the real professional R&D guys, they're, they've got a cup and they're taking a bite, getting all they need to know about mouthfeel, texture, the flavor, and um, moisture, et cetera. And then they spit it out because they can't eat that much. When you're testing, you know, seven different recipes a day that you've been working on, you just can't eat it all. You are right. You can, but then you don't have to pay for food. But then you're also just eating a bunch of pizza or chicken tenders. So it's not like the worst job. I mean, like if I were going to be reincarnated, it would be an R&D chef at Tyson. Mine would be, yeah, mine would be a chicken tender taster for sure. I thought you were going to say mine would be a chicken tender. (laughs) Or actually, that's not a bad life. Very good. That as well. Yeah. Hey, bye, Nada. Yep, see you. Yeah. No, you're right, though. Uh, But no, I've eaten more barbecue in the last five days than I had eaten in the last five years. So, what five joints do you go to? Terry Black's actually on Sunday night whenever we got into Dallas just because it was my buddy's Terry first. Terry Black's open all day, right. seven days a week. Right, right, right. How was the brisket? How was everything? Was it killer? Everything was on point? It was good, not killer. I mean, it didn't blow me away, but after having it, But for what they do, to... it's pretty awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. And it, it was solid. And it was actually out of the four or so times I've eaten at Terry Black's, it was least impressive. But it was 8, 45, 9 o'clock at night. They were ready to get out. This was... New Year's Eve night. Hear that, Mark Black? They were ready to get out of there. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, the bartender was. She was pretty. She was. She was tough. She was there. But, she was uh, excited to be there. No, nah, not, not quite. <laughs> they love their job. Yes, but uh, Terry Black's Hurtado on Monday for lunch. Awesome. Did you see Brandon? He was in Oklahoma. What was he doing there? He was in Broken Bow. Uh, just getting away, I think. Oh, he's probably at Hocha Hocha Town. Is that, is that a game win? He's probably at Hochatown. Is that a game win thing? Can you say Hocatown? Hoka. Hocatown. I can't put the... Ugh. I think that's the right pronunciation. I can't put the... There's a place in Broken Bow, or north of Broken Bow, as you're going down from Arkansas through the Washita's, and then you go down into Hocatown, and there's a lake, and there's all these random, uh, like, 
game halls and like mazes wow. and unbelievable restaurants, bars, saloons. Like it like feels like you're driving through a different. It's like going through Branson in the middle of Oklahoma, huh. um, except better. It's like different. It's more unique. Branson, like driving through Silver Dollar City. Yeah, as like a city. Wow, Hokatown. Huh. Never heard of it. I didn't get the details from him. Hokatown should buy an ad for this show. Sounds Hokatown. Like Sponsorships. We said it like 12 times, so. You said it very well. I don't think I can pull okay. it off. But yeah, it's a good town. So he was, okay. he was there just chilling. I think so. I'm going to ask him what he did in Hokatown. You're probably right I on I bet board. he went to the lake. Okay. He Seems probably didn't reasonable. get in the lake. I hope not. Probably did a cold man challenge. I you big on that? No, ice, no, ice no, bath? No, no, no. I like hot. Hot bath. Have you ever done the ice challenge? No. you never done a cold plunge? Mm-mm. I don't have a whole lot of desire. I don't like Have being cold. Have you heard cold. of the benefits of the cold plunge? I know it's supposed to like help your, uh, help, I guess, in a lot of ways. Probably tension, probably soreness. Oh, cramps. it's like it's like being in an ice. I don't like icy situations. I like... <laughs> you like sitting by smokers? I like sitting by smokers, What's yeah. your favorite thing about smoking meat? Uh, I don't know. The full, the, the full, the full deal, I guess, but... I mean, I guess working a fire or seeing a fire running correctly, clean, warm. Okay. Uh, warm if you're cold, but not warm if you're hot. I feel really good. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's perfect. an amazing. Sunny Moberg Smokers, Moberg Smokers, Kuna Matata is our first cooker. Really? Yep. One and number one of 17. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a milestone. We need to get them like, you know, like a kind of like build like a model, you know, mm-hmm. like model smokers and sell them. True like that. Like toys. True that. It's a good idea. Yeah, like a. Uh, well, you should build each one. Each one you have like. cards. Yeah, but like build it like a little trophy, you yeah. know, like a little. Like, like a, a NASCAR, toy smoker. What do you call those? Uh, you know, like an old uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt little mini car. Yeah, or like a Easy Bake Oven, but like exactly. for smokers. Yeah. Oh, you want to be functional. Yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, you know, they made the little mini Eminem, smoker. Eminem made the little He made the little mini yeah. one, but that's a little expensive. Yeah. You need to find like a Mattel or someone that could like craft a smoker with a little metal firebox where you could literally smoke, you know, like a little chicken breast, like one chicken breast. It's still a good size. I think a kid would How buy it. How big are you talking? Like the size of... Like the size of that Yeti, a little bigger, like, but just yeah. a little bigger. Like the size of a chicken breast plus some space. Right. And then, then sell little mini sticks to build... There's... And, then, and then you could have each like... You could buy Franklin sticks. You could buy Blake's of Southern Milling little fire sticks. Like this is our little That's fire money is at. And then we'll just start spending resources, like breaking off our wood, and then we'll like send this in a package with it. Exactly. Be like this is how you start your fire. That's the. That's if the you want to know how we start a fire, it's this. It actually tends to be something like it's that. A lot of this. Honestly. It's a lot of this and a lot of it's that and a lot of hatchet. You all guys have a hatchet? I grew up with a ha- not grew up with, but I'll put it this way. From 2015, when I first got smokers built and started cooking, until 2022, I had never I had had for a couple of years an electric a wood splitter, but this guy had only ever used a daggum hatchet to split every piece of wood. Like a hand hatchet? Cooked. Yeah, straight up. What a savage! I was savage. Then I took it from the trailer to the new location. We haven't had any trouble in the last two years with stuff getting stolen except that. And I was going to hang it up in the pit room, like as a, not with a an plaque, homage, but an, an homage, homage to the hatchet. And somebody stole it, then one Is that night, your nickname, Blake the Hatchet Stoker? Could be, should Oslo be. Vista, brother. Should See be. man. 
Should be. It's not. Blake the Hatchet Stoker. It should be. We'll make it. I'm just going to call you the... You're going to be hatchet. known as the Hatchet. I'm good with that. I need something more going on in my life. <laughs> I need something more. Um, hatchet Town instead of Hocha Town. We'll start a new exactly. vacation town in, in uh, Martin. Martin. Build a little like a little uh, Airbnb colony. I don't think people would go to Hatchet Town. I think they'd be like, this is a bad place. Scary. Scary stuff is happening in Martin these days. So really? Is it losing, it's losing its, uh, losing little bit. its cool? It's not, as, it's not I mean, as cool as it people, was. People give Memphis all the flat, but I mean, Martin, Memphis, they sound similar. They do. Both in Tennessee, West Tennessee, so you never well, know. Got to keep that under gotta keep that under control with good barbecue, make the people happy. I find that happier communities that have great barbecue places are happier tend, safer. Yeah, they tend to be better places. Yeah. It should be that way. I think it is. I mean, like, the best, like, I feel like, I mean, outside of, like, Austin has its issues. But it's a good city. Oh, it's a wonderful city. Austin's a great city. Um, Houston, good city. A lot of great barbecue places. Johnson, Rogers, Bentonville, Martin, Tennessee, good cities. Best cities. Best cities. We've got guests from those cities, so they're great cities. You know, we get St. Louis. How many top-tier St. Louis spots are there? I like one thing in in St. Louis. Where is it? I like Pappy's Ribs. I hadn't had them, but I mean, I've, I've heard. Like Pappy's Ribs, I like, I think it's called Nemo's Pizza. They have this. Is that the St. Louis style? That's the St. Louis style. It's like some weird cheese. Yeah, what's that called? Provel, Provel. Provel. Yeah. I we didn't that. even need the guy to call on and look up the type exactly. of Provel cheese. Oh. That's the type of yeah, brain yeah, yeah. power we exactly. have sitting in for us. I think a lot. Such of, a young age, so much knowledge. I think a lot about pizzas, so <laughs> I spend most of my time. Do you do, have you ever thought about doing a barbecue pizza? Uh, not, not don't making do a barbecue one. Pizza. I wouldn't mind collabing with somebody if they want like, like a pop up. But honestly, we don't have that. Like I can't think of anybody specific to do it with. No. Well, like if say somebody Ronnie came was in doing it down at Killens. He was doing a little with Papa John's. Did he really? Yeah, yeah straight up had it with Papa John's. Oh nice. yeah. I bet that came with a payday. Yeah. Papa That'll John work. has money. That'll work more than average. A lot more than average. A lot of Papa PJ. John's money. I know a lot around. of PJs and they ain't got that money. If you have that type of money, you have a PJ. That's right. Probably. So or a Dairy that. Queen. A Dairy Queen at least. Andy, you out of here? I got to start the car up. Let warm up, you know? Smart guy. It is. Um, yeah, so smoking meats, you like the fire. I, I like the fire. Like when I'm out by myself cooking, I, I think more than anything, it's, it's I think the best part of barbecue cooking process-wise is just the finality of it it finishes you you're gonna get it done it may take longer than expected you may have issues with wood you may have issues with weather etc but like at the end of the day you finish you're gonna get it done you're gonna pull out the brisket at the right time wink wink yes this is oak this is all local oak this might be cherry we brought in this is cherry oh yeah smell that smells like smells like an old-fashioned so that's cherry from uh from a guy who uh Actually, I cook a little bit of cherry. Burns mm, hot. Smells amazing. Burns hot. Um, so smells like a cherry burning. Yeah, and so we we get the we got this from a guy who plays baseball, and he also does a bunch of farm stuff and his where he lives. And so he was like, "Man, I got a bunch of dry cherry that's been seasoning for a year." And we we're like, "Yeah, we'll take it." And then the first day we got it, there was like three days of rain, and it wasn't covered. It was like, shoot. Yeah. It was seasoned, right? but it was wet. Yeah. And we're like, we wet, need wet. it to be drier. Actual wet. Um, but we've got a local relationship with a guy 
who brings it on pallets already bundled up nice. in splits and they stack it and so our our wood game our wood game has improved how's your wood game wood game strong uh very nice and it needs to be but it, it does took me it took me seven or eight wood guys on a real note how long did that take you to go through to get all the way through that to find a, a to go real, through all those guys uh, 20, 2015 through, oh, we finally found this guy who is Johnny on the spot. His name's not Johnny, but he is Johnny on the spot. Uh, Don't tell his name. Fear, no, no, of, fear, I of, I know. fear of someone yeah, stealing exactly. the wood connect. Oh, I take a lot of, I take a lot of seriousness with him. Um, but he's like, if we were to call at seven o'clock in the morning on a Thursday and just basically tell him, Hey, we're just going to need somebody Saturday morning. He'll have that crap there in four hours. That's awesome. Like he doesn't care what timeline, and he's an hour and a half away. Like he's really now. Does he bring some that's on the edge of uh, not being seasoned? Splits are pretty consistent. Splits are all right. This guy doesn't do a lot of work for us, but he actually did a pretty good job. We don't have too many. I hate big splits. Right. They just cause chaos. I honestly prefer. Looking at that wood, which split do you prefer? If you were going to choose one stick to burn. You go ahead and grab it, and let's, as a tradition yeah, of the Smoker Side chat, let's add our first log. Word. I mean, we've already, obviously, you see, you have a decent little fire in here. Out of everything, I like the, si- I like the size of that, the, like, uh, surface area this way. Oh, yeah. Got, got a little bit of the fray. Oh, like, yeah. I love the fray on that if you're trying to get That's a good fray. Going. You um, ever listen to the band, the fray? Go ahead and go Yeah, I love the fray. There. How to Save a Life. What was that? Uh, what was that TV show? Or what, what? What TV show did they used to be like the uh, uh, the intro to? How to save a life? Yeah, it used to be the intro of like uh, some. Uh, oh, you doubling up? You're doubling up. No, I'm just up. getting some. I'm just getting some fray. The more fray. A little more fray. I think it'll be fine. I think you should leave it. Trust it. Believe in the process. I like that process better. I'm watching that fray you just put in. Yeah. It hasn't done anything. It will. You got to give it a second. We're going to watch the video roll back of the fray. Look at that fray. You <laughs> picked a wet fray. Yeah. You picked the one fray that's not burning. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing gonna, like the professionals, am I right? It's going to die there. <laughs> it's going to die an ashy death in the ash chamber. How about it? How about it? Look at that. I'll be dang. Hakuna Matata, though. There he goes. This is sparking up for I've you. I've actually never cooked. There you go. Look at that. I've actually never cooked. Yeah, it's first time. That's not even that one. It's the other one I put it's in. first time. There you go. Hey, there he goes. Look yeah. at that. You got you going. I had to trust. There you go. You had to trust a lot. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, everyone always asks, like, tips and, like, if we're going to do, like, a smoking class, and we're going to do it at one point. Oh, you cut yourself. Here. That just happened? All right, we got an injury. Live injury at Smoker Side. Let me get a no, band-aid. I just got, oh, no, I just did what? I just got really dry hands. Uh, Blake the Hatchet Stoker has gotten injured. We're going to do a little oh, repair. Shit. It's going to burn. We may have to get in the ice bath here in a little bit. Antiseptic spray, always good to have on hand when you're at a restaurant. <laughs> Some more fray down there. Let's get this. Let's get this. Oh, my gosh. The guy literally has the driest skin I've ever seen. We need to get this guy some ice plunge and some lotion stat. Yeah, oh we got blood has been shed on the first episode of Smoker Side Chat. Oh my shit! And I left my drink. Let's see. Oh, that's funny. So we're back. Oh, I'm oblivious to we're the. We're back to, to the, the Smoker Side Chat. We've got Blake covered in blood. 
Literally Talon. <laughs> Talon, look at this. He's right. covered in blood, just dripping. Dripping Blake the Hatch and Stoker is dripping with blood. I really do I really do look like I've been like in some sort of like like uh, like an issue is happening. Uh, medieval battle. Yeah, it's been a problematic. Oh fight. man. But you got the fire going, got the fray, oh. cost him a finger, but it's fine. Oh, I feel um, like Heath Ledger in uh, that old uh, Knight's Tale or whatever. <laughs> well, I think what we were, what we were talking about before the injury happened was a lot of barbecue is trusting what you know, trusting how it's been done. Um, but I think a lot of people get confused, especially with the new way people are doing it. And I, like the way that I believe all both of us view it is constantly seeking to be the best we can possibly be. And I think if there's one thing that defines the current state of elite barbecue in the country, it's that everyone we know who you would say Hey, these are the guys I would send anybody in the world to to have a great barbecue meal, service-wise, hospitality, food, etc. Those guys, and I, I, I'm, I'm one of them. I know you are, and it's like we just thirst for being the best we can be, like mm -hmm. always. And if there's a new process, a new method, something we hadn't thought about, when we're talking to our buddies and and we're and we're listening and learning, it's just a constant uh, evolution from day one, seven years ago in the food truck to today, things are so much different. What's changed the most for you from seven years ago to today, cooking process wise? At a base level, wrapping in wool versus paper. I did paper for six years leading up to the restaurant. And uh, once we bumped up volume and changed from cooking on strictly 500 gallons to 1,000 gallons, I. I'll tell you what, you know, I was talking to you the morning, uh, I think, I guess opening morning or the first day, I think it was the day we had our first loads of briskets and butts going for the for opening day. And we had like 24 briskets on a thousand gallon. And I said to my pit gal, um, Livy, like, hey, I know we've never done this, but we got 24, 25 on whatever it was. Let's, let's wrap three of them in, let's wrap three in three different spots in full. Yep. And if they suck, then we'll use them as chopped at the end of the day or not use them. You know, they'll be our last resort. Um, and if we figure out something cool, then we do. And uh, we, I had one towards the front, one middle back, you know, away from the doors, and one in the back corner. And all three of those got done like three hours before the other ones. And I served them, you know, three different times throughout the day. And they were the best briskets of the day. Nice. So I'm like, well, why are we going to fool with the potential of, if we're going to get the same product in eight and a half to 10 hours instead of fooling around with 14 to 17 hour briskets yeah. and have a little bit more of a cushion is what I call it, yeah. why are we screwing with paper anymore? Yeah. Now, there's, there's pros and cons. Bark's a little mushier, lots of stuff, but whenever it's the product, the internal product I want, and we played with seasoning, you know, backed off a little bit on a certain mesh of pepper and all that to adjust, but that's a big, that's a big adjustment. See, Segment uh, two, sponsored by Blanton's fine, finest bourbon in the world, comes from a single barrel. Blanton's, the original single barrel bourbon whiskey. Uh, they make this in uh, uh, Louisville. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. What do you think about Louisville, the, the town, the city of Louisville? Oh, no, they make this near Lexington. 
Uh, it's, it? it's it's at Buffalo Trace. So What's it's not. What's the name of the town? Oh, Frank, uh, uh, Frankfurt? It's in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah, that's the capital. Kentucky. And? Is that right? That's what it says. I thought it was like Bardston or whatever. Hold on, where is it from? It says Frankfurt. Or Frankfurt is it? Okay, yeah, Frankfurt, Kentucky. So I went there. So I was in Lexington. That's right. I was in Lexington when I went to Buffalo Trace Distillery the first time. Yeah. Beautiful facility. No clue why one, you know, one floor makes Pappy and the other floor makes Blends. But when you knows? know, who knows? When knows? Only only Granddaddy Pappy knows. Try. But which we had a little like, earlier. Cheers. Exactly. That. He's like twenty three years old now. He's twenty three. Yeah, baby. He's, he's he's just a little bit older than you. Yeah, we're a little bit younger. <laughs> Six months. Got it by six months. Oh my gosh. Look how the fray is really. Yeah, look how we're drafting and I think everything. We're, we're getting good pool now. Yeah. Um, you know, these do get. The briskets really good. are probably close to ready to pull. Uh, there's none on this. This is just I'm for like, show. Right. You don't do anything on this one anymore. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, yeah. this one gets used a lot. We do have a few more briskets on Just Keep Swimming. Yeah. Um, Nemo. But, but yeah, no, I mean, on the whole, you know, innovation side, I think where it's hard for me is like it's hard to settle in and not continue to tinker mm -hmm. and so there's times i've had to learn over the last probably three years really since covid like covid year we were just i don't think i thought anything about changing anything back here it was just we're Try cooking we're churning we're making great product people were here we changed we changed to a drive-through yeah, I remember that. I remember watching it was, those videos. And it was nuts. It was wild. I mean, there was like Chick-fil-A. It was like, I think one time I had 46 cars in line. Gee. And they were all like, they all had online orders or they were getting in line. And so we all ran them through the same line because that's all we had. We had one window. But it was nice to have pre-orders because we kind of knew like what the plan. Right. And then when those orders fired off, we knew they were coming. We'd go ahead and make them just like we do now for the to-go's. Well, these people would pull up behind 20 cars and be like, I have a pre-order. It's my turn. And you're like, so do the 20 cars in front of you. Right. And it was like no one understood how mobile ordering even worked. Chick-fil-A yeah. was just launching it, and it was a disaster back then. You'd yeah. show up to Chick-fil-A, and you'd be you know, at a stall, and you'd be like, I'm here. And then it would take forever, and so then you started getting the hack yeah. of like, I'm here when I'm not there. And then pull in, you know, just so like they're walking out with the food. Right. A little Chick-fil-A mobile order hack for you. Now they're throwing everybody in the drive-thru just like we did. So they learned that that, that, that method is just as effective yeah. to drive that to-go deal. But it was insane how mad people got to like be like, no, I'm, I had an order. And it's supposed to be at 745. And you're like, you know, we have 15 other 745s. Like, mm -hmm. that's what's going on. Join the club. Really. Yeah, join the club. Jump mm -hmm. in and enjoy. Glad, be glad we're open. Mm -hmm. Um but so we did that for a little bit. So during that phase, once we got out of COVID, it was like, all right, we're back traveling and back going, going to Windy City Smokeout. And that was probably like 21. When I went to Windy City Smokeout with Evan from Leroy and Lewis, I took my thousand gallon. We cooked a bunch of belly and they did bacon burn-ins completely. It was just kind of a different kind of a hack bacon burn-in method, like long strips seasoned. And then you just slice them thin and they're really, really delicious pork belly bites. Uh, but they did like an Italian style pork belly oregano uh, like garden air. Oh yeah, like Italian seasoning, mm. um, basil, oregano. It was great. And um, they, 
they did that, and then they had a little jardinara on it, and it was great. Mm. But I learned like that was a different way to do it, right? Yeah. And, and then I saw, you know, kind of Leonard, Leonard doing what he was doing um, over at the Truth Bay, and what were they doing? Just like slice of brisket on bread. Slice of brisket. <laughs> they were doing slice oh, of brisket no. on bread with some pickles. Yeah. And um, they great, had great a, truth pickles though. Yeah, the great truth pickles. They may have had one other item, but I think it was just sliced brisket. Um, but I could be mistaken. But seeing how they, seeing how they, you know, pulled like there was no difference in our trim and our pool, like in the, the methodology and the thought process behind pulling a great brisket and not making sure it's not overcooked, making sure it's not undercooked, but mm -hmm. it's just the right feel. I'd rather have over or under. That's Man, easy. I'd rather have a little under. Really? Yeah, I'd rather have, I'd rather be pulling like on that, on that precipice of where it's like, you know what? I know this is gonna finish. I'm gonna trust this to finish and to continue on. Right. Ride the lightning. I know my moist feels really good. My lean, could be I want it to be, I don't want it to be very tight at all. Right. But I might say, hey, if I've got a section of that lean that's really good and one that's a little tight. You can find something to do with the part that's tight. Well, and not only that, but we may, we may, if, if the next day, we may just throw it back on and get it finished. True. And so, but I just think you can't go backwards from overcooked. True that. And so you and can always, you can always let it go ride and finish, live in the warmer. And then the next that, day, it could be absolutely exactly where it could be actually where you want it. Exactly. And so, but I think getting through those years of like getting out to Chicago, seeing these guys, uh, that really like reignited my flame of just like, all right, we know we're on track doing awesome stuff, but like, are we, we the best wait. we can possibly be right. in every way? And so it just opens your mind to like be like, okay, there's different processes, different ways. Like we were talking about earlier. Um, with your trip, it's like someone may present a great meal and that's the time you had it and that's awesome. And it's great, it's memorable for you. It's memorable, it's the best you had at that time. All the sides hit, like talk about burnt bean real quick. Like what would you think about that? It was just top to bottom. Uh, everything, I think I told you earlier, it tasted like everything had been being cooked for 16 days with just uh, a depth of thought. You can just taste the thought behind it. Whereas, you know, a lot of meals you can have, they feel perfect, perfectly executed, like as good as they can be, but there's just, there was an extra layer of, of uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, something you can't, uh, there's a term for this, you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. Like uh, some magic in there. Yeah, some magic, tastes like magic. Yeah. And I went in with really high expectations because I'd had it before. Yeah. And when I had it that time, I'm like, oh, this is a different level. And then I went in knowing it would be that good. And it's still, that's what got me is I went in thinking this is, I'm going to, I'm going to be fine if it's not, but I'm about to have the best meal I've had since I had this last. Yeah. I, I, I was giving it that sort of a, uh, amount of pressure yeah. and it just, it blew that away. That's awesome. Now, it wasn't just, it wasn't, the brisket was great, but it was the, the pork steak. Like, there's a knife sitting there. You can take your pinky, and it wasn't over, like it was still juicy as could be. Yeah. It literally just use your pinky, press down. Um, that that rice dish I told you about earlier, it was like a Czech German. Wasn't chock full of crazy flavors. It just had a depth of flavor like yeah. your rice did earlier with the gumbo. Very reminiscent of your gumbo. That meal was reminiscent of the feeling your gumbo gave me like 
this is not just done at the local mom and pop where yeah. they like are just trying to make a, a cost efficient. It didn't, that meal did not feel cost efficient. Yeah. It felt like, oh, they, somebody's put way too much thought, time, and labor <laughs> yeah. into this. How, how is this making no money? Doubt. I mean, it's, it's, it's really impressive to see what Ernest has built there. And what's the other guy's name? David. David. I mean, they built an incredible business in a short amount of time. Um, and it's like one of those places that I feel like right now across the country, most people are like, it, you know, four years ago, five years ago, everyone was trying to get to Franklin, and that was what everyone was trying to get down to. And then, you know, for a brief period of time, it was Interstellar, and I still really want to go to Interstellar. I haven't been there yet. Really good job. Um, great spot. But, like, right now, it's like, if you asked, if you did a straw poll of most people, Dave Bonner in Chicago, uh, you know, the guys in Atlanta, Fox Brothers, Ronnie, Blue Oak, you say, hey, where do you want to go anywhere in Texas if you were going to pick a spot? I think everyone would be like burnt bean yeah and so that kudos to Ernest. cheers to yeah, they you built, they built that for sure and they are super super focused on yeah. not giving up that's that's one deal with them like all they talk about is in and in not even in a pretentious way or like a cocky way they're just like we're not gonna quit doing whatever it takes until we have captured yeah, the the apex of whatever this can be. This can be, yeah. It was just good. That's what yeah. that's what all of the mentality. Be. So how did that change? Like going back in into the twenty four, how did that meal experience change the way you look at operating? The look at way you look at your recipes, your techniques, your processes, your passion, and like setting a foundation to this year. How's that? How's that kind of? Obviously, you had to drive up here to think about it, but how did that kind of? <clears throat> Did it change course for you? Was it a, was it a, you know what, I was heading this direction and now it's like, you know what, after eating there and, and experiencing those flavors, am I kind of veering towards doing what? Well, definitely like a, one of the adjectives I came out of that meal with was uh, perspective changing and thought provoking. So that is what it made me think upon eating that. I'm like, that's an adjective that came to my mind, thought provoking. Yeah. Like, yeah, not every meal makes you like actually think. So yeah. it, it certainly was enough to make me think like, okay, am I really, do yeah. I really, do I have this dog mentality? I mean, I do, but it make you think like, do. do I have the dog mentality that, <clears throat> that this requires? So yeah, definitely is inspirational in like not resting on laurels, not, which I'm never happy. And just like you, we're never happy. Yeah. I don't mean happy, well, of course you're happy, but never satisfied. Yeah. There's a way to get better, always. There's a way, and that could be dialing back a little bit, bit on something and pushing forward a little more with something yeah, else. For sure. um, like truth is getting, I've had a lot of meals at truth that made me think, man, I, I, you know, I, feel like, I feel like it's close to this back home, but there's something in this, there's something in these Brussels sprouts yeah, that are yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, know? for sure, and um, I, think, I, think that, I think that being able to like be open to even me spending time with like some culinary partners like in your own town, uh, different chefs, building those connections of even guys like Ernest that is very chef driven. It's like the understanding of flavors and building depths of flavor, like APL out in California. I talked to Cody Sperry and it's like, he's like, what I, what I experienced at APL is similar to like what you experienced, yeah. what Cody experienced at APL is mm -hmm. similar to what you experienced at mm -hmm. Ernest. It's like guys that are 
are, are literally so focused on building flavors yeah. that that they're they're seeing the ball field in a different way. And so I think that's what challenges me is seeing that and you know being like okay, what in our process can we do to expand our flavor portfolio, mm -hmm. explain, make sure when we do deliver a flavor that it is balanced, that we're bringing a great sauce. Mm -hmm. um, on the on the subject of just community, real quick before we kind of shut down the fireside uh, smoker side chat. Excuse me, that was pardon pardon my mistake there. Smoker side chat episode one again, Kuna Matata. Right. Um, sponsored by Yeti and uh, Blanton's, not really, but one day. Closest. Um, but. Me and my wife were talking earlier when you called and said, hey, I'm swinging through uh, Northwest Arkansas. And she was like, you know, it's really unbelievable the network and community that the barbecue industry, for the people that actually want community, it's there. If, mm -hmm. if you were on an island running a restaurant like you are in Martin, Tennessee, and no one else is doing what you do there, and you didn't have the connections network that you built by building relationships across the country like like we've got, it's like you would feel very isolated and it would be very lonely. I mean, that's how I felt the first couple years in the barbecue business. Like I had Evan and I'd call Evan, right. but that's like all I had. Yeah. And then he brought Patrick Fijis up for a deal. But talk about how important community is to you as a person walking the life of the barbecue man. I mean, it's been immeasurable to me since the beginning. Uh, you got guys like Kevin uh, Kelly, Kevin's barbecue joints. I mean, look at the way he's connected everybody over the years. Uh, and he's so far, he's even further isolated yeah. away from us. Um, yeah, it's been unbelievable to have you. How many mornings have me and you talked on the phone? And me maybe have to, at 10.59, me maybe have to be like, hey, I got to go, I'm, you know, I got to no work on the block or whatever. But to be able to have you to bounce stuff off of and take advice from, um, to be invited to stuff, to get a, just a, a happy birthday, a Merry Christmas, like there's always somebody there. Or in our case, I don't know, we probably got 30 guys yeah, that no are doubt. always just a call or a text away. So, I mean, uh, all the way around. Like, yeah. uh, with, like you said, without that, I'd be in a totally different world. Yeah. It would not feel the same. It wouldn't be the same. Because it's led to customers coming from such and such saying, hey, maybe not Evan specifically, yeah. but hey, such and such, uh, um, you know, somebody from Style Switch. We, have, we lived in Austin years ago. We vis revisited and somebody, you know, whatever. So it's just the connection has been unreal. Um, and I've kind of, I'll admit, I uh dove into that kind yeah. of seeing the opportunity for hey i can either live here on an island or i can get connected with some of these Absolutely. guys and have somebody to go eat lunch with whenever i'm in austin have no somebody doubt. in northeast arkansas what if my car what if i get caught in a snowstorm yeah, yeah for sure uh no so yeah it's been unbelievable and i do i've not been in other culinary fields but from what i understand that's different in the barbecue industry and almost specifically the Texas barbecue For industry. Sure. Now you've got Sam Jones and Rodney and all those that are also Carrie, Pat, uh, APL even, you know, yeah. that are connected to us just from being good guys yeah, in barbecue. Yeah, sure. But the Alabama barbecue scene, generally speaking, outside like Chris Willie, there's a few, uh, there's a few, you know, outliers, but yeah. 
you know, the Montana barbecue scene does not have the same camaraderie. I think the biggest thing is like, there's no other cuisine in the world that connects people at the meal level and then connects people through the professional level, barbecue competition, et cetera, just that type of camaraderie and community. So man, thanks for coming out yeah. to the barbecue smoker side chat. Uh, first injury, first episode. <laughs> so hopefully well, that streak ends after episode She's one. lotion. Is that the Cheers, brother. Yes, sir. It's great having you, Blake. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks.